What makes the person want to run 150 miles? These people, they come out here, they torture themselves. They're pushing themselves to their physical limits, running marathons back to back to back here in this heat. What about approaching those limits helps them reach what's torn inside of them? And then as they're out here and they're finding where they're broken, can the desert fix them? I think everyone coming into this race at the start of it has the reason why they're here. And on Saturday when this thing wraps up, for many folks, it's not gonna be the same thing. And that thing that they leave with, they don't even know what that thing is yet. They'll find it this week. This race is the desert, and there is a magic in the desert, truly. Some of the harshest and most beautiful conditions on the planet. It will be in your soul by the time this is over, and you'll be so much better for it. Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. And this, ladies and gentlemen, might be the most excited I've ever been on the podcast. Uh, because after basically two and a half years of extremely hard work, we have a movie. Holy like, oh my god. I can't believe, like, I can't believe we can finally say that. Um and not only that, but it's a movie that I know we are all super incredibly proud of, um, truly proud of. And it's it's awesome being able to look at something that you and so many others poured their hearts and souls into and to look at it and be proud. Um, I screened it this weekend at the Durango Film Festival and... Uh, it was probably legitimately my like 500th time watching the movie, uh, which I should probably say the title. It's called A Long Way From Nowhere. Um, so it was, it was my five, probably my 500th time, not even exaggerating. I've seen it in every iteration. I witnessed it happening in the desert as we were out there filming. And maybe it was the sleep deprivation from all the awesomeness of going to a film festival and nervousness of going to a film festival. Uh, but I still teared up. I still got emotional. And and it still like touches my heart. And it's when I look at it, it's exactly what we have found from doing these long endurance events and these ultras, and specifically the Deseret Stage Race, which is where I met Paul Shearing. Uh, Paul uh co-directed produced um and i met him literally at that race i learned so many lessons about myself and about life uh through the other people that i met there 
and also through my own experiences kind of being by myself and processing life and and to get the opportunity to go out and try to capture it try to capture the magic of a stage race and try to capture the magic of the Cocapelli, which in my opinion is one of the absolute most beautiful places on earth um and to capture how difficult it is and but but really ultimately because i remember being there in 2018 i remember doing the race in 2019 and i remember just being surrounded by these really 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 inspiring human beings and listening to their stories and and hearing every single person out there talk about what they went through during the day but also what they what they've gone through in life and that and i don't want to be like over dramatic or anything like that but like that did change my life and it made it added so much positive positivity and so much goodness in my life that um i am forever grateful for those experiences and those people and to be able to go out and work on a creative project where we're all putting bits and pieces in our own hearts and souls into it and then to see what happens afterwards like to see what comes out of that uh is something i will forever forever ever ever be proud of um my wife laughs because when we screened it in breckenridge uh back in october i used the word amalgamation She's like, I didn't even know you knew the word amalgamation. I'm like, I don't even know if I do. I think I just, I blanked and I said amalgamation. Um, but it was like, it was like, I should look up what amalgamation means, but then that would just be rambling. It means like a, uh, it's a combination of like all of these people's ideas and, and all their experiences. And that's what came out of it. So I'm super beyond proud of that. Um, I want you to all know right now that uh, this movie is basically out there. It's out there. So it's free for you to go watch. Uh, we did that intentionally. We wanted as many people to be able to access it. We want everyone to be able to access it. We didn't want to put it behind a paywall. Um, we wanted people to be able to go in and check the movie out. Uh, so it's called A Long Way From Nowhere. You can find it on the Audacious Report on YouTube. Uh, that is Robbie Ballinger's channel uh, that he works on with Reese Robinson. Um, they put out these amazing endurance uh, ultra documentaries. We're their fourth one um, that they have, and they have a whole bunch of really cool series coming up this summer about a transcontinental run. Um, and it, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. They do a wonderful job and I'm super grateful that that they're partnering with us to get the get the film out there and also i know us as a filmmaking team like we're we're really kind of <laughs> we're completely independent we're like grassrooting this is that a word did I, did I just verb grassroots uh we're trying to just build this thing up um i think something we're really proud of is the fact that when you go up and you tell somebody you're running an ultra or you're climbing a mountain or you're gonna just take on something outside of your ordinary. I think the very first question you always get from people is why? Like, why are you doing this? Why would you want to do this, something like that? And 
it's really hard to explain sometimes. Like, why would I really want to go do this really hard thing? Why would I want to spend my my vacation, in the case of Desert Rats in this movie, why would I want to spend my vacation doing this incredibly impossible thing that I'm not even sure I can actually complete? Um, it's hard to explain to people. And we explored a lot of the different reasons why people do this. And I think if you showed them this film, I think it would maybe not explain your own personal reason why you're doing it, but I think people would see, and I think they would understand um, what people find on an adventure. And really it's been a question I've been trying to explore with this podcast for years and years now. Um, and as it pertains to the podcast, like I'm super proud of it because whenever people are telling me stories, when I'm listening to on uh, in, and doing interviews and conversations for the podcast like I'm always imagining them in my head you know and I think our movie actually shows this right so it's almost like an episode of this podcast but but you're seeing it you're seeing the story play out and you're seeing the reasons why and you're seeing what people learned along the way and things like that um so super proud of it like pause the podcast you can literally just pause this and you can go watch watch our film it's it's about an hour long um and i think i think you you all find you'll find something to connect with in it um so yeah that's a long way from nowhere on the audacious report um what's going to happen on the podcast today we're just doing like a little preview so i'm going to sit down i'm going to chat with uh paul shearing um who i'm i'm so excited to sit down and chat with him he's always like one of the wisest people that i've met and i just love kind of picking his brain for ideas um but also like truly he opened the door of possibility for this um for me and i'm beyond grateful and he'll always you know will always he'll always basically like be my brother in this you know like we got to do this thing together and it was it was incredible so um sitting down talking with him today uh then if you're interested this is just a bonus like add-on i added a little bit at the end um which really just was me kind of rambling not rambling that's a bad way of saying it uh it was basically my post screening thoughts so once we screened it in october and we got the movie and all the people saw it for the first time the people who did the race and who the movie was about um it took me a couple of days to really like experience the emotions from that um and I remember just being in my classroom and I got my phone out and I just started talking because I was like, I have to capture this for my own. Like, I have to remember how I felt in this moment. So uh, the post screening thoughts will be after Paul and I, Paul and I chat for a little bit. Um, and then finally, uh, next week and probably the week after, we'll have a couple interviews with the people who the movie's about. So we'll sit down uh, with Phil Pinty, Jason Comstock on uh, Amy and Mikey who you are going to absolutely love in the movie. Um we'll sit down with them over the next couple weeks. And really this month is going to be kind of uh all focused on a long way from nowhere. Uh I wanted to sit down and chat with the people the the athletes and the racers who we who we focused on because I mean selfishly I just wanted to chat with them some more. They were awesome. I got to interview them so many times and hear about their lives i want to get their perspectives on the race so those episodes are going to be definitely like spoiler spoiler filled 
Uh, this one doesn't have any spoilers. We kind of just talk about the genesis of the concept and and things like that. So um, yeah, this is a long intro, so I apologize. So let's uh, jump into my conversation with my buddy, Paul Shearing. We did it, man. Is this is this what you would call the finish line? How does this work? Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, broadly speaking, you know, a lot more can happen, especially when you've got an independent film and, you know, it, it's all a question of, you know, how it kind of gains, you know, traction in the community or doesn't. Um, but generally speaking, you know, making a film or, you know, any kind of creative endeavor really, um, is, you know, and every woman in America listening to this, uh, all 75 million of them, uh, will kill me for saying this, but, you know, it, 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 there's a gestation process to to making a film and, you know, you finally give birth to the thing when it's done, when it's cut, you know, when when it's, you know, you've done all your posts, it's done, you put the credits on it and you get it out there in the world to see. Because uh, there's that old adage that, you know, you make three movies when you make a movie and the first of which is, you know, the one that you write. Um, and in this case, we didn't write this per se. <laughs> uh, and then two, the one you shoot. And then three, the one you edit, right? Uh, and they're all they all are kind of different beasts. And, and, and what comes out at the end is kind of an amalgam of all of them. Um, and and it, it changes, it becomes its own unique thing in its own way. Uh, and so that's the first time you really get to see what the film is. You know, once you put in the music, you've done the sound editing, and you've actually put it in front of an audience. Um, because a lot of times in creating, you know, a film, you are you know you've gone over it so many times you've shot every scene you've got 100 hours of footage you're going through the bins sorting through them uh and then you start cutting it and you know you do 20 cuts of the thing uh and you really get you know lost inside of it you know you become very subjective uh and it's only really when the thing is done and you put it before people and you start to see their reaction where you go ah so this is what this film is you know uh, and so I think we're just there right now. You know, I mean, this is this is kind of this is where the rubber meets the road and where, where people get to see it and they get to decide if they like it or not. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm proud of what we did. And, you know, I'm I'm grateful for for the partnership with you. You know, I mean, just deepened our friendship and yeah. and made, a, you know, made us think of new projects that we could do next, which, which excites me to no end. Um, that's amazing. Man. Well, so. Can you kind of talk about what our intent was? Like we did a whole podcast before we even went and filmed anything where it was like, what is the point of this? What are we trying to capture? What's like the purpose and the goal? Can you talk about that? And then kind of like, did we reach that purpose? Did we find a new purpose? Like how did it kind of evolve? Um, I mean, you can correct me, you know, whenever I, uh, I'm completely off base because I'm an old senile guy, but, um, no, I feel like, you know, you and I had a really nice mission statement kind of, uh, you know, interface for a while beforehand. And we said, look, obviously we want to make a documentary about this race. that was very important to us, um, you know, on, on, uh, on a lot of levels, you know, spiritual levels, et cetera. Um, and we said, well, what kind of film do we want to make? What do we want to put out there in the world? Why? In other words, why are we doing this? Because uh, a lot of times, and you know, I'm, I'm exposed to a lot of people in the creative community, uh, and I and I know myself as a creative entity. And a lot of times, you know, when you really dig deep, why people are doing a lot of the creative things they're doing is because they want a reaction. They want someone to pat them on the back and say, "You're amazing." Uh, 
And both you and I were kind of like, you know, that was not the main reason here. It was to try to kind of try to relay to people, you know, you know, the specifically this race and what, you know, it can do for you in terms of, of help you through hard times, uh, find faith in, you know, your inner God and fellow man, all that stuff. Um, but also just in general, what nature can do, hardship can do taking on challenges you don't think you can you can accomplish uh what that can do in a very positive way and and you know it's it's that paradoxical thing where you have to go through hardship to to arrive at that kind of you know sense of fulfillment that sense of discovery that hey i've got more metal than i thought you know uh the people around me are are, are more supportive and you know beautiful than i thought um, and, and so that's what we were trying to convey is kind of this indomitable human spirit, right? Is that you can put somebody in the worst, you know, most intense crucible. And yet, you know, if, if they have a support group around them, uh, and it's an interesting dance because sometimes you have support group, uh, around you in the desert in a race like this. And other times you're by yourself yeah. for hours upon hours upon hours upon, uh, end. And you know, beautiful, you know, it's just that weird paradox, as I said, that beautiful things come out of this, you know, extreme hardship. And, and that's a fascinating thing just on a kind of human level. It's like, why is that so? Uh, and so we, we, we wanted to explore those questions and ultimately come out with, you know, something that celebrates, you know, the metal of the human soul. Um, and what was so challenging was, was that we didn't have a script, you know, we, we just, we somehow had, you know, I guess we suppose. I guess because we'd run the race twice, we knew. Yeah, we, we knew, knew something. Right. We're like, there's something right. here, you right. know. Yeah, and so we got out there and we started filming, and you know, we had six or seven candidates. We're like, that person might have an interesting story or, or an interesting evolution, and we shot everybody. Uh, and then very quickly, within a matter of a couple of days, you're like, there's there's one of our characters, I think, uh, because yeah. that's really remarkable what we're seeing in this person. Uh, and there's that, that old adage, you know, in, in, you know, in Hollywood, they say the director is God. And apparently in documentaries, this is my first along with your first, uh, is that God is the director, right? <laughs> and so you have to kind of bear witness. You have to kind of sit there and go, what's happening? How can I record it? How can I find, you know, the story within this, uh, which is very harrowing, uh, but it's also thrilling, right? Because you, you're, you're kind of, you know, going off the reservation, you're, you're going off the map and you're, you're, you're hoping you find your way home at the end of it. Yeah, man. I think uh, we also, at least for me, one of my interests in any of this stuff, like this might be like the real interest of the whole podcast really is you have these adventures, you have these extreme events, or even just goals people are striving towards. And for me, it's like, how does this intersect with their real life, quote unquote, they're like every day, back at home, back at work, back with kids, like that whole part of their lives, how does it intersect? And like, how do they draw meaning from an adventure? and bring it back into their real lives? Or how does their real lives help them draw meaning from this adventure? Yeah, I, I, I think that's, I think that's a really important point, which is, uh, you know, this, you know, the pursuit of, you know, these sort of endeavors is, is not conducted in a vacuum. You know, you are the person that you, you know, 
you get in your car and you drive from Colorado to Utah to do this race, you know, you're Chris Ward eight hours ago in Colorado. Well, guess what? Starting the race, you're still Chris Ward. Um, and so you're carrying all that baggage with you, uh, good and bad. Uh, and again, you just, it, it crystallizes some of the things that you're not looking at clearly uh, as you get deeper and deeper into the wilderness, into pain, into hardship, into contemplation and the silences. And it, it gives you a new perspective, an unharried perspective of what's going on in your life. Uh, you know, because most people can't take a week off or don't willingly take a week off and all the phones go away, the screens, you know, you're just out in the desert for 150 miles. Uh, and it's enormously helpful. You know, I, I've gone on a lot of silent retreats and, in, 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 you know, for meditation uh, and it's, it, and it's analogous in that, you know, when the mind slows down, when it doesn't have the distraction and it has to focus on the present, you know, the subconscious starts bubbling up all the important things, good and mm -hmm. bad. You know? uh, and you have to take it, <laughs> you know, you're out in the <laughs> desert and you're, you're 20 miles from the finish line on, on day four. And, you can't turn on the screen and numb it out. You can't go get a bottle of whiskey and, and get wasted. You know, you, that, it's you, man. It's it's you in the hill and whatever that thing is that's that's niggling at you. Uh, and what you almost invariably find is, you know, you know, I found this in meditations retreat where I would break down and you know, you know, basically fall apart. Uh, very often, I would say, you know, afterwards, I was, or internally, I would say, that's what I was afraid of you know, blubbering and crying. And, and I'm like, babies do this all the time. They do it every day. <laughs> but we as adults, you know, we suppress things and we, you know, we, we don't look at things directly because it's easier to be distracted. It's easier to numb it out. And uh, an event like this, you know, uh, in nature uh, forces you, uh, even if that's not your intention, to, to look at it directly. Uh, and that's the way you grow is to confront the you know the imperfect things in your life directly uh and that's that's extraordinarily important for human growth and i think for society at, at large yeah yeah and i think we also wanted to uh to just be a little voice of goodness you know like there's so much good and i think doing an adventure like this or a lot of different you know giant ad events that where you put yourself out there you start seeing people come together. And for me, I, I think about it this way. I'm like, I've heard so many times that people are bad. I've heard so many times from so many places, like right. I, I, you hear it all the time. You read books, you watch movies, you watch the news. It's people are bad. People are angry. People are upset. People are going to treat you badly and do these horrible things. And then I think about it. I'm like, what have I actually witnessed though? Like with my <laughs> own eyes, like I hear all that. But what have I witnessed? What I've witnessed is for the most part, people are amazing and they inspire me and they like, they support each other and things like that. So I think we also just want to be like a little bit of goodness, you know, a voice of goodness on, you know, the internet or on whatever, on movies and things like that. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I think that's exactly right. And, and again, going back to those original conversations that we had, uh, you know, what's our intention here when we go out to make this film that we don't even know the script to? Uh, and it was precisely that, you know, we had to, we said, you know, this has to be an, a, an affirmative story, whatever it ends up being, you know, it didn't 
need to be a story about winners or ego, you know, oh, this person worked so hard and they won, you know, there's plenty of those stories out there. Uh, and it, it was more about the common man and the common woman. It was, it was, what if you put them in this, 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 you know, this crucible and, and what will the people around them do? Uh, and to your point, you know, we live in a, you know, hyper, you know, paced society that's, you know, governed by media and the internet and, and technology. And what sells in those spaces is drama, right? It, it, in drama, the, the fundamental rule of drama is for entertainment, because, you know, that's why you're on your phone. That's why you're on your screen. The fundamental rule of of, of entertainment is, is there's got to be conflict. That's the number one thing, or you don't have a story. Uh, and so, you know, we have, you know, the phone in your pocket is, you know, siloing you and selecting you through algorithm to just just the right kind of drama that uh, that will, draws you know, in, that draws you in, you know, oh, the Republicans, oh, the Democrats, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, and once you take away all that noise, and this is extraordinarily hard because we're all addicted, like enormously addicted to the cycle, right, to our devices. Uh, but when you forcibly take somebody from that and, and you forcibly take a group from that, right? Uh, and, you know, here we were in Utah and you had people from all over the country. You had people from the South. You had people from the East Coast, the West Coast, you know, the mountain states, the Midwest and very different walks of life. You know, th there were people with different points of view uh, on the world. And yet once they were all stripped of of this technology, uh, of this narrative that was being forced down their throat about the divisions within America, you see what happens to people when they're isolated together. Man, they come together, they commune. It's a tribe. It's and you know, and I am not making this up. This is not like some idealism that I have. It's just something I've witnessed again and again yeah. and again, and it's so beautiful. And that message needs to get out there because that's a fundamental truth about human nature. Not the stuff you see on CNN and MSNBC and Fox News. That's not true. The truth about human beings is that you take the noise away, you take the ideologies away, and they're beautiful, man. They're there for each other. And it's it's that was a really important message, you know, for us to convey from the outset. And, you know, what's great is we knew that we kind of wanted to tell that story, but we had no script and we had no familiar, quote unquote, actors to play the role which we wanted to. We turned the camera on new people we had never met before. And we just had faith that it was going to happen because right. we had experienced it. And what happened, Chris? And it, it happened. happened. <laughs> <laughs> Including to us, like we were sure. a part of the whole, like by day four, we were just as much a part of the camp as the racers and the crew and stuff. Like we were just, we were just all a big group together with our own weird, unique roles and things like that. Um, yeah, man, I think that's a beautiful thing. Uh, I'm really proud of of what we were able. To, I mean, it's funny because we just literally were sitting out there capturing what was happening. So it's yeah. like I'm really proud of it. But at the same time, like the people that's why I keep saying this. The whole thing is so collaborative. Like yeah. when I watch it, I'm seeing everybody's bits of their hearts and souls in it. You know, it's not just me and you, it's Josh, our editor, it's James, director of photography, it's everyone who helped us film, but it's also all the racers who are For sharing, sure. they're sharing themselves. Like when we watched it and screened it in Breck to all the racers and crew, I was like, these people are, we are, we have this enormous responsibility to tell their story in a way that conveys why it's important to them. And it's their but also, life story. But also 
they made themselves vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, not everyone will do that. Uh, yeah. Although I think in the kind of bonding environment of that desert scenario that we were in, I think people are more forthcoming because on day one, you know, they, they're still carrying, you know, the old kind of standoffishness of, you know, over busy civilization with them. But, but by day four, where we're all just dirty, stinky, you know, unwashed cavemen, it's like <laughs> all of a sudden everyone's like, all right, well, I don't really want to cry on camera, but here I go. <laughs> <laughs> and what's great is everyone's there for them when they cry. You yeah. know? And what's uh, great is they're all, every interview, they were looking directly into my soul. And I cried during pretty much every single interview at some point. I was like, yeah. oh my God, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man. So I wanted to hear what you think kind of makes our documentary unique uh there's a lot of adventure films out there i love them man i'm obsessed with adventure films i'm obsessed with sports films what makes ours kind of unique or like stand out from the crowd well i think a different space that it occupies is um and you know there, there there's uh, participants in all these spaces obviously but um you know what really sells uh at least in in my experience with uh with that sort of adventure, you know, sports documentaries is two things. One of which is winning. Uh, you know, people love watching winners. Uh, and then the second thing is, is, uh, you know, those extraordinary shots in, and you've seen them. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, I call it adventure porn. It's like, you know, you'll see some of those, those like the surfing shots out in Portugal, like in magnetic, I mean, most extraordinary thing I've ever seen. Right. Yeah. It's just these guys riding hundred foot waves or, you have the surfers and the helicopter or sorry, uh, skiers and the helicopter shots. Um, you know, and there's, there's a number of documentaries that are incredibly well done, uh, that you, you just can't believe, you know, these, the, these kind of, uh, virgin, you know, hillsides that are like 60 degrees that these guys are, yeah. that are, that they're, they're skiing down and, and the helicopter, you know, work is, you know, camera work is so extraordinary. I mean, it's, it, it's really an incredible technical accomplishment, but sometimes what gets lost there is that, you know, is the human, right? Because not everybody wins races, right? Not everybody goes down these, these mountains. Um, and, you know, if you're constantly, you know, in the helicopter shot and you have this extraordinary shot of this guy, you know, slaloming down, you know, that 60 degree uh, hill, uh, what's lost a little bit in that is the person. Right. Because the person is so tiny and, and he's been given over to the spectacle uh, and the spectacle is really the point. And, it, and again, it's extraordinary. I mean, it's like, holy cow, I cannot believe I'm seeing this shot. Right. Uh, that's not our film. Right. Yeah. Our film is is the every man, the every woman that's got about a week to, you know, just make this work. You know, first last flight into Utah, first flight out to get back their family and their job. Uh, they're not going to win this race. You know, they're no Adonis. They're no athlete. We were lucky enough to like, I'm inspired by so many folks out there. Um, and I think like most adventure films are focused on the elite. And a lot of that has to do with sponsorship. A lot of that has to do with who's making the film. They're all sponsored by some sort of company that the elites affiliated with. Um, but we got to make a film about the mid pack, the back of the pack. And that's like 95% of us, yeah. like, uh, in ultra running, like most people are going to be mid pack. Most people are going to be backpack and they're finding meaning from this 
that isn't the competition part. That isn't the winning part, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think that's an important point is that a word we haven't used yet, uh, is that hopefully this film is useful, right? Which is to say 98% of the world that is an elite, 99%, whatever your number is, uh, they can still look at this and they still say that's within the realm of reality for me. Uh, and maybe there's some challenge I can take on that will force me out of my comfort zone and allow me to ruminate on the things that really matter in my life. Uh, and maybe I can be, maybe I can become better for it. Uh, and in that sense, the product, you know, if it affects one person, it becomes useful, right? It's not this chest beating ego exercise of like, dude, I'm the best cinematographer in the world. Cause you know, I've shot the most amazing, you know, rock climbers. It's, it's like, you know, it's a spiritual film. And, and the idea ultimately was not to make a sports film. You know, it was not to make a running film. It was to make a film about the human condition. Uh, and I think we did that. And like I said, I mean, it, it's kind of amazing to me that that we did so without a script uh, and that it just came together. But that goes back to you, the, the confidence both you and I had going into it going, we know what's going to happen on some level. <laughs> we don't know what's... the people, but we know what's going to happen on some level. And it was so validating uh, and also obvious uh, that it did happen, right? You're like, see, <laughs> it didn't yeah. just happen to us. This is not just an idea we made up. It happens. This is what happens. Yeah. yeah. No, that's amazing, man. Yeah, dude, I'm super proud of it. And I mean, like I said, I, and I'll probably in, in a couple of minutes give you way more props and just be crying out of gratitude for you. Um, but uh, but yeah, was well, there can any- I, Can I preempt that though? Can, yeah. I, can I preempt that? <laughs> yeah. um, I'd like to give gratitude for you okay. um, because, you know, you talk about kindness, you talk about goodness and, you know, that's you, Chris. I mean, anyone listens to your podcast, they know. They know who Chris Ward is, right? And you're a singular guy in that sense. You're you're just a wonderful soul, and you're you're optimistic. You're supportive. You're affiliative. You know you include people, uh, and there's no ego games. Uh, and so that's me. I'm crying on the inside as I'm mm. saying, <laughs> uh, but I celebrate you. And I mean that's uh, that's that's the best thing that's come out of this film for me. Yeah, it's being in partnership with you. Yeah, right. Me being able to spend all this time with a common goal with an extraordinary person, you know, yeah. so thank you. No, man, I, I really appreciate that, dude. Can, uh, can I ask you, and I, this is putting you on the spot, so you might not remember this. Uh, once we finished in 2019, we had this really amazing conversation sitting on the balcony at your hotel room. We were, it was trippy and weird because we had just gotten out of the desert. And now yeah. I just remember looking around like there's other people on this planet like this is you wild could, you could hear you could hear like cars driving by in the street you know, a couple blocks away yeah yeah um and you told me this story and it was like a i might not be using this word right a parable a parable it mm -hmm. was some wisdom i'd say about uh grief and the human condition and it was about someone seeking uh amongst his community to find somebody who has not gone through grief do you remember this story at all? It was like um, there's a few different ones, a uh, few different versions of it. I, I probably cited the Buddhist one. That's uh, what you did. Yeah. Yeah. In, in in roughly speaking, you know, somebody went to the Buddha 2,500 years ago, uh, and was you know torn to pieces about you know I, I think they lost a, a husband perhaps, 
uh, and was asking the Buddha, how do I kill off this pain? Well, how do I, through practice, kill off this pain? Because the assumption is you're enlightened, you know how not to feel pain and, and whatnot. Uh, and the Buddha said, okay, all you need to do is find, and I forget what the particular thing was, but a lock of hair, let's say, uh, from someone within the community who hasn't lost anybody, right? Broadly speaking, I'm butchering the story. Uh, but the important thing is a person goes around for days and days and weeks on end and everywhere they go, they can't find that person. So they can't get the lock of hair. And finally they come back and the, they say to the Buddha, they say, I couldn't find anybody that, that hasn't suffered pain, you know, hasn't suffered loss. Uh, you know, it's everywhere. Uh, and he says, exactly. You know, yeah. it can't be escaped. There's no such thing as a person without pain. So don't try to be a person without pain. Yeah. Um, and I think it's enormously important to recognize that that pain is a birthright and that it's also an instrument. Uh, it's, it, 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 it's for, it's, you know, you can use it to learn uh, and also to teach. Uh, but anyhow, I think that's what, a, you know, you and I were having that conversation. And I do remember that this, 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 the sunlight was beautiful. It was just, it was, yeah. it was near sundown and it was, uh, yeah. The I first was, beer out of getting out that's of That's right. <laughs> it was really the beer. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Well, I think I've thought about that a lot. I've thought actually about that conversation a lot over the years because you told me some things that really, that was one of them, uh, that really helped me out. Um, but I think about that conversation, how much it ties into our movie and yeah. how much it ties into kind of our uh, thesis statement, you know, uh, towards the end. Uh, and I just think in a weird way, maybe like this whole thing has like beyond just having the opportunity to to make a film, which as a kid, dude, recording, I'd always re I'd have my little camera, my videotape camera. I'd record my Star Wars figures. Yep. And they were reenacting the scene. Like when I left you, I was but the learner. Uh, <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, so like obviously, like without really even like it's just been a it's been a lifelong dream to even be a part of something this creative and this um and to make it about an event that I was I I found so much personal meaning in and to make it with people who I consider like some of my absolute best friends now. Um, like it's just the whole thing. Like it's just, it's even giving me chills just even thinking about that right now. But so there's all of that and you opened the door and you gave the opportunity because I guarantee you, if I didn't know someone who actually did stuff like this, then this wouldn't have happened like at all, you know? And we got lucky along the way and met wonderful people who helped us along the way too, like to complete the project. Um, but I will say, like, in a weird way, I've thought about that story you just told. And I'm like, has this whole thing just really been this practice of like healing through grief in a weird way? And this was just our expression, the, our way to express it to people and our way to like, you know, not only express our pain, but express our like healing, you know? And I don't know, it's a weird, trippy kind of way of thinking about it but i'm like no i don't think so i, th I think you're 100 yeah. right which is which is to say uh you can explore these topics if you have explored them you know you can you explore these topics externally if you 
understand them and had done proper explanation ex exploration uh, in the exploration of course is never complete uh, internally yeah uh, which is to say you understand fundamentally and, and, and again going back to buddhism is that notion of empathy is understanding that everybody every single human being no matter how much they put on the face is suffering on some level uh and you have to know your own suffering you can't hide from it you have to go oh that really sucks man whatever this thing is i feel you know no confidence or i i feel isolated whatever the thing is right um and if you and if you understand that truly about yourself you cannot help but have empathy and compassion for other humans right uh but if you don't if you don't know yourself at all and you have all your workarounds and you know you're always blaming other people uh for your pain or your misfortune then you don't have the wherewithal to be able to explore it externally because you don't know you know you're full of shit, right uh so the ones that have done it can explore it you know with other people uh become filmmakers or teachers or you know uh, care professionals whatever right um but until you've done the work yourself and you've confronted the fact that you know there's a lot of broken places in you you know uh you can't in a realistic way talk about it or or tell a story about it because you don't know you know it's like trying to tell a story about you know walking on the moon when you've never been there yeah i wonder if to me a major success of this would be if somehow it allowed someone else to to express that you know like whatever that may be whatever that trauma or or hardship may be if it makes someone more comfortable with expressing it in like a healthy way to somebody or or sitting down and talking about what what life's dealt them you know uh being able to be open and, and communicate like what has been hard because we all have our hard stuff like if it if it helps someone do that then god that's dude, our job that, that's, that's our job mine, that, that's mine yours job as human beings and it's like this didn't originate with us none of these ideas no. are our ideas <clears throat> like we're somehow wise not not even remotely i mean we have in some place in our life whether it's you know friends or teachers or loved ones or parents or whatever uh we've been exposed to people on some level that have given us agency to explore these things a, a safe enough space that we can explore these things right and so they in turn someone before them all the way back right this is this is the idea that supersedes people, which is that goodness thing you're talking about, right? And so we're just the latest people that got the torch handed to us. And, you know, you and I said, well, do we want to just, you know, go into a cave and die with the torch? <laughs> uh, and we're like, well, no, man, let's, let's see if we can't make something that maybe one human being will see. One human being will see and we'll go, there's a path towards growth. There's a path towards beauty and love. Um, and I'll see my own version of it. Let's see if I can get there. Yeah. Then we've done our job as human beings, you know, in this generation where we're like somebody handed it to us and, you know, in our version of things, it might be big, it might be small, but we tried. Yeah. We tried to pass on the right thing to the next. Uh, and that's all you can really ask for in life is just like, did you at least attempt to like make a difference in a positive way and spread forward the love that you had received 
for, right? Um, and so that's all you can really hope for in any endeavor in life. Uh, but for this particular film, I feel like on some level we hopefully accomplish that, even on a you know on a, a very tiny scale, if, if that's what it ends up being. Yeah, dude, you're amazing, Paul. Oh my God, dude, I like truly. I mean, I'm gonna be annoying you about this, like for years and years, but I'm so grateful for you, buddy. I have so much love for you. And uh, to think back about being on the trail on day one in 2018 and somehow just being like, hey man, how's the run? And then to see from that to where- That's right. What's happened now is mind blowing and it makes me just love life. Cause I'm like, look at these opportunities. Right, right. It gives you a sense of uh, possibility of sliding doors. It's like every single relationship properly embraced might yield something, you know, interesting and beautiful. And so I'm grateful for you and let's shoot another one, man. Let's do it, dude. All right, man. <laughs> All right. That wraps up my conversation with Paul. Uh, now, like I said at the beginning, um, we're going to kind of wrap up the whole episode today with what I felt after we finally showed the movie to people. Um, so basically after we filmed it, Josh Draghi, Paul and myself, we spent basically a year editing, trying to figure out the best way to tell the story, things like that. And, uh, and I'll mention Josh in here, but gosh, man, like I honestly am not sure if the project would have been finished without his like workhorse, like, like work ethic, you know, like he was amazing and he's so talented. He's so incredible. Um, he truly like, I watch it and I see bits and pieces of Josh in in the film um and just once more like another person i'm grateful to have met along the way and for about a year i called josh every single day um and we became really good friends and uh i kind of you know i kind of miss talking with him every single day now it's like every other day you know what i mean uh so i guess the whole thing that i was really feeling in the moment of the post screening was what an interesting time to like finally show others this. And now it moves beyond just Josh, Paul and I, and now it's everybody's. And now people get to kind of like put their own meaning on, on how we told the story and things like that. So uh, yeah, let's jump into it. And that'll wrap it for this week. So um, tell your friends about it. Tell your friends, send it to relatives, uh, kind of spread the word. We're hoping that you all really like the movie. Obviously, you know, if you don't like the movie, don't recommend the movie. But um, I have a feeling you're going to find something to connect with. So um, help us out. Let people know about it. Uh, we're super proud of it. And uh, yeah. Anyways, so that wraps me up this week. Like present day, Chris. Now we're going to go to past Chris. Uh, here is post screening thoughts. All right. We'll be back at you next week. So I guess I wanted to just kind of collect some of my thoughts. Uh this weekend we showed our film uh, a long way from nowhere we screened it in breckenridge uh, for all the like really the desert rats community um all the racers it, we a lot of them showed up who were actually like the people we featured um we showed it to all the other filmmakers and it's hard to really even put into words what the experience was like on saturday uh, it was definitely like the apex of this whole project for me. Um, 
when we decided that we were going to go out and film the race, this was kind of the day I was dreaming of. Like, when can we show this community, uh, like, what this event has meant uh, to me personally? And hopefully we were able to capture what it meant, what it means to everyone who takes on this stage race. Um, And I was just throughout the process, it was a long, long process of pre-production and then going out and filming it. And then really the longest was post-production and editing the story together. And throughout that whole time, I guess what was driving me and motivating me was wanting, I don't, not even want, like needing to share this story in this way, like share these people who have inspired me so much. Um, some who I had met back in 2018 when I first did the race, others who we ran into, ran across, camped with in 2021 uh, when we filmed it. Um, But it was this thing, like, I just needed to share this story. And I don't really know why beyond just personally how much the the event had affected my life. Um, You know, helped me heal and process through some things that had gone on and kind of also gave me this confidence and this idea that with a certain with enough focus and intentionality and consist consistent effort you can actually get these big things done these things that you never in a million years dreamt that you could actually do um and the race taught me that it taught me the consistent steps in the same direction eventually get you where you need to be, which is such a simple idea, but like having experienced that through this, the desert and through the Coca Pelle, like it showed me that. Um, and I'm recording this now, this is Monday after we screened it for all the racers because the emotions didn't really hit me until today. Uh, just how much the weekend meant. Um, we were surrounded by that community again and that love. And it was so incredible to see everybody. And it was such a unique and amazing experience to be sitting in a theater with the people who helped make this thing possible, with the people who had thrown their hearts into it. You know, like we all put bits and pieces of ourselves um, into this thing. And now you have this product on screen that wouldn't have existed without any of those individual parts and to watch it with the racers whose story we were telling. And the story is really personal. They were open, they opened their lives to us and, you know, went back and dug deep into some hard moments for them or really put into words these really deep, meaningful, like, ideas that they have about the world. And they shared that with us. And to watch it on screen with them, with the idea of, like, we see your story. We think your story is important for people to hear. We think your your ideas are important for other people to understand and empathize with and all of that. It just gives me chills to think about that. And it was so meaningful to have all of those people there 
um, and along that have all the people who helped make the film because, you know, this started with just an idea from me and, and Paul, uh, who I'd met on the trail. And it just started with this idea of like, this would be co a cool event to feature. But I think that was the surface level, but way beneath that was this thing's meaningful and it changed our lives. And we met these very inspirational people. Um, and that it started with that, but then to see all these other people believe in the project and jump in. Like I had, like, I think to my friend, Thomas Mullins, we went running Saturday morning before he saw the film and he was like, this thing is going to be wonderful. And I'm like, dude, you haven't seen it yet. How do you know? And I think in no, like in no certain words or anything, like he didn't actually say this, but what he expressed to me was basically like, I believe in you. And I know it'll be wonderful because you were involved. And that just makes me so, it makes me feel so loved, um, which is amazing. And then standing up in front of everyone who came and listening, I had a, I had a speech planned in my, in my brain. This is a whole thing I can pass along to my students about speeches, like actually plan to say something. Because I had something planned in my brain, but then listening to what Paul said before the film, it touched my heart so much that it threw it threw me off speech wise. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I was like, I, not speechless. I can always talk. Obviously, you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> um, but it it almost left me left me speechless. Um, and so to be there with all those people was a it was a day I'll never ever 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 forget. Um and I really it was so busy and so great and you're just surrounded by love all day. It was it was almost like exhausted. Like I got done with the weekend and I was like physically, emotionally and mentally just spent. And then I'm standing in front of 13-year-olds today about ready to teach. And at the same time, about on the verge of tears and like an emotional breakdown. And it's this really weird feeling. And I was telling this to Josh, who was our editor, who basically I was on the phone with every single day for a whole entire year. Um, I was saying it was very, it's this strange feeling. I mean, it always is this way when you get to the end of a project that you worked so hard on, you put so much intentionality on, like sometimes even doing like a race or like an athletic event or as a teacher, like after you teach these kids for a year and then you get a break from it or it's done and there's a conclusion and there's like an apex. And like I said, this weekend showing it to the racers was the apex because everything after that, man, everything after this is just icing on the cake at this point. Like the cake itself was showing it to these people and hopefully making it a meaningful thing for them to experience um, and experiencing it with that community. Um, that was the top of the mountain. Everything else is just extra from here on out. Um, but there's this moment where you're done with a project and it's a weird feeling because there is this like almost like emptiness. Like, what do you do next? Like, you feel like you should be doing something, but there's nothing else to do, you know? Um, and so 
it's this weird thing at this at all at once I'm like very happy and very proud and then at the same time like almost like I'm sh- and I know it's gonna come where you get the post project blues and I can already kind of almost feeling that encroaching um but I told Josh it was very interesting because for a year or a year and a half like even with the people involved like they were out there while we filmed but we sat there for like a year looking at the footage of them and trying to tell their stories in the most the best way possible um and there's this thing where it's like it's it's hard to express but it was almost like for like a year it was me Paul and Josh's project like it was this private thing and we talk about it and we dive deep and we'd have these big thoughts about it and all that and like tried to figure out how the pieces of the puzzle fit together and it was our thing for like a year it was our thing and of course everyone who helped film and everything and then now we like put it out there like sun saturday we showed it we put it out there so it went from being our project our private project together that was so meaningful in that experience and now it's gonna kind of evolve from there into everybody's film you know like once you put it out there it's if almost in a weird way like doesn't feel like yours anymore now it's everybody's and people are gonna be able to place their own meaning on it or their own thoughts their own ideas on it and so it's a weird thing where like you move on to the next step of a project like this and you look back at the previous step and you almost look back at like rose cut with rose colored glasses. Um, And you almost miss like as of right now, and I know we're not even very far into this thing, but like almost like it's just different. It's just a different thing and you almost miss it where it's like, you know, but at the same time, you're like super excited for the next phase. So it's very strange. And I thought I'd record my thoughts. And this is probably sounding weird because I'm actually just recording it into my phone um, and not by my computer for a podcast. Um, and I guess the last thing for me, like I've always struggled, like I've struggled feeling like proud of myself. Like, I don't know if it's like a Midwestern thing, but I always try to like, I don't want to seem too prideful, I guess. And I'm really, really proud of this project. Really proud of this film. Um, everyone this weekend made me feel so proud. And, and that means the world to me. And I, I cannot like give enough gratitude for everyone who helped and everyone who put their love and intention into it and supported us along the way like i i'm not good at being proud and i feel really really proud right now so um thank you everybody for that